We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. The Holy Ghost is here today to do a great work in the house. From the very onset of this word for you today and for this church, uh, I want to um, I want to tell you that, um, like I said before, this thing has been sitting on me and in me for quite a while. And I've said this before at Truth Chapel, but but I'll say it again: um, when 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 something like this uh, settles on me and I have too much time, I put too much together. Um, So you may be hearing this for the next little while here at Truth Chapel. I may be bringing this back to you here very soon because I have way too much to get through today here in this service. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to bear with me uh, because some of this may seem short to you, but I promise there is a lot behind it. When we turn in our Bibles to uh, the book of Ephesians, and uh, you can turn there with me today if you would like, um, uh, I'll not belabor you with uh, uh, going through uh, verse by verse and all of these things. Um, But in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. There's a few things we know about the church in Ephesus And one of those things that we know about the church in Ephesus is that they had great power with God and that the Lord had used Ephesus to be um, a great vocal point of his word and his gospel. Ephesus was one of those churches that experienced early revival in the early years of the gospel being spread and the birth of the church. Ephesus was one of those places where many uh, leaders and many Apostles and disciples uh, came to that place and left that place with great ministry and great promise. Ephesus was a place where when Paul would go, uh, he would find disciples already there. Disciples already there, disciples already working, disciples that have already believed and had already had faith. And he would ask them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? There was an early work in Ephesus. And there was great revival in Ephesus. And when Paul began to write a letter to the Ephesians, in chapter 4 specifically, he tells them that he is a prisoner of the Lord. And he tells them, he said, I want you to walk worthy of the vocation that you're called in. And when you walk in this vocation, I want you to walk with lowliness and meekness. I want you to have long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Enduring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And he goes on to say, he says, there's one body. There's only one body and one spirit, even as ye are all called in one hope of your calling. And here's where we hear very familiar words. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and hallelujah 
in you all. Somebody said amen right there. <clears throat> he said, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of that gift of Christ. He said about Christ, he ascended and he also descended. And he that descended is the same, he's the same also that ascended and that he might feel or fulfill all things. And he gave. This is what where Paul will come to the moment and again very familiar scripture is that, that we've all been called to this and we should walk worthy of our vocation and Christ came and he ascended and descended and descended and ascended. This is Christ uh, coming from heaven to earth and then from earth to hell to get the, the keys to death, hell, and the grave and then ascending again. And he gave us, somebody say he gave us. He, he gifted the church some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? Why, why did he give us these things? If, if he came, he bled, he died, he ascended, he descended to save our souls and to set us free from the grip and the grasp of sin, why would he give us anything else? He gave us enough. He gave us enough with his blood. He gave us enough with the shedding and the sacrifice of his body. He gave us everything we needed to go to heaven. He gave us everything we needed to have the gift of life. But that wasn't enough. This wasn't enough. He gave us apostles and he gave us prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. Amen. Somebody say, we got to walk this thing. Come on, say it again. We got to walk this thing. We, we, we cannot be satisfied with just the moment and saying, Lord, yes, I got it. I received it. I feel it. But no, there is a life to live. There is a walk to walk. There is a journey to go along. This isn't just a salvational moment. Listen, I thank God for being baptized. You ought to get baptized today. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I thank God I repented of my sins. That got me on the boat. But I thank God for a preacher and a teacher and an apostle and a pastor that helped me stay on the boat. Because I'm still walking in the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. He, he, he's telling us, here it is, I, I've, I've given you all these things, but now here, here's how you walk worthy of the vocation. It's how he begin his chapter. Here's how you walk. You, there's a walk to be walked. And he, he gave us these things for the perfecting. Uh, so that we could live in harmony and unity and walk with Christ. And he gave us those things for, the, for our perfection and for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ until, until when? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why? That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth 
in love. If we speak the truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things. Somebody say, I want to grow up into him. When I grow up, I want to be like him. <laughs> you say, I, I've tried, Pastor, but I'm not like Christ yet. Well, you got some growing up to do. <laughs> You got, you, got, you got some growing up to do. You got some, you got some time to get under your belt. It's okay. None of us are there yet. But God gave us some things that would help perfect us. And God gave us some ways to walk in the calling that he gave us. Oh, we have such a unique uh, opportunity here today, uh, Truth Chapel. God has given us so many great things. God has blessed us in so many great ways. So what's the next step? How do we operate from here on in? In October, as our general superintendent was preaching a message to the entire movement from that platform, 15,000 people in attendance, many, many more watching then and watching later. As he gave an utterance to the entire room, he, he made a statement in the middle of his message. This was not his message. But as he read Ephesians 4, he said, in essence, he said, in essence, I believe the Lord would want us to speak truth, that we would be committed to truth. As a movement, we would be committed to truth. He said, but I also believe that God wants us to speak that truth in love, that we should lead that truth with love. And he said, and I know that God wants the end time church to dwell together in unity, that there should be unity among the brethren. And I felt it hit me in my chest. And I turned around to my wife and I said, that's it. Truth, love, and unity. Today, I would like to share with you the vision of Truth Chapel. Notice, I did not say the vision of 2023 because I don't believe this is a 2023 type thing. I believe this is a from now until the Lord comes back. This will be what we stand on at Truth Chapel. Truth, love, and unity. Let me give you our new slogan. I'll say it several more times, but we are committed to truth. We lead with love and we fight for unity. Now, can I preach for a little while? Let me tell you about truth. This is what George Orwell said about truth. He said, in a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. We have never lived in a time where more lies have been established as truth than we live in right now. So God is looking for a church that will commit. We will not back down. We will not water down. We will not compromise. But we will stand on God's word and we will speak the truth in the face of any adversary, any lie. From any devil, we are committed to truth. Truth that breaks the yoke and sets at liberty them that are in bondage. Doctrinal truth that convicts the sinner and converts the sinner 
truth that will open up the heavens, truth that will set you free, truth that will heal your body, truth that will fix your mind, truth. We are committed to truth. Jesus told us in John 4, 23, 24, he said, the hour is coming and now is that when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He said, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. The Father seeketh such to worship him. The Father seeketh such to worship him. You know what that means? That means God is looking. God is seeking. I talked last week about us seeking, but let me tell you, this week God is seeking he's seeking a place where there is truth for God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth Jesus told him in John 14 6 I am the way I am the truth and I am the life no man cometh unto the father but by me in John 17 17 he said Lord would you sanctify these people through Thy truth. And then he said, thy word is truth. And I don't have time to go through everything I really want to say, but this is one thing I got to get to you. When Paul said there's an enemy... When Paul said there's a, there's a Satan out there looking for you. When Paul warned us and told us that the enemy hates us and he wants to destroy us and he wants to deceive us and he wants to tear us down. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want, because there's an enemy, because he's out there, you need armor. Oh, hallelujah. He said, you need armor. And here's how he started. He, when he started with the armor, if, if, if it was me and you and we were building an armor, we would have started with the head. If it was me and you and God said, hey, I want you to uh, give me a, a, an armor of war, we, we would have started drawing a sword or, or maybe a shield. Would none of us have started where Paul started? Because when Paul started, he said, gird your loins. When you think about an armor, Paul, that's what you're thinking about? The midsection? I mean, you don't even fight with that. I mean, what about your arms and your legs? What about your head? What about your hands? When, 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 when God gives you a design, Paul, to build the armor, you start with the waistline? Bruh. How is that even relevant? But that's where Paul begins. Paul said, gird your loins with truth. That's where he begins because Paul knows that that is the most important part of the body. Because the word used there means the procreative parts of the body. It's where the future lives. I'm going to try to make it as plain as I can and be pastor at the same time. That's where your hope lives. That's where tomorrow lives. Oh, hallelujah. He said, if you want to protect the future, you got to have truth. Oh, come on, somebody. He said, let me tell you what protects the future. Let me tell you how you protect the future. You cover the future in truth. You take truth and you cover the future. You cover tomorrow. You 
This is where multiplication comes from. This is where babies come from. Let me tell you how we protect our babies. We protect them with truth. This is where the seed flows from. We have to protect the truth. We are committed to truth because it is truth that will bring us into tomorrow. It is truth that will grow this church. It is truth that will multiply these pews. It is truth that will get us outside these walls. Truth. No one has ever seen truth as an evangelistic tool, but it is the tool. Because if we don't have truth, we can't grow. Well, Pastor, I know a bunch of big old churches that are got a lot of people in them, and they don't preach truth. I know that's because you see growth as a measurable, articulatable program that means people. But when God sees growth, you see, me and you can look across a field and see one stalk of corn. And be like, well, that field ain't doing very good. But God sees every seed in that stock of corn. And you may say, well, that, that field ain't really producing that well. God said, no, I'll take that one stalk because I know the power of that one stalk. I'll take that one stalk and I'll plant a whole field with that one stalk. What are you saying? I'm saying that it's beyond growing numerically. Yes, we will grow numerically. Yes, we will grow numerically. But we have to grow spiritually before that can ever happen. And here's how you grow. You get truth in the house. You preach truth. You stand on truth. You don't back down from truth. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power unto salvation. Somebody shout truth. Shall we are committed to truth. We're committed to it. We're committed to truth. It's in our name. It's who we are. We're truth chapel. That's how we started. He said, but I want you to speak that truth. And here's where a lot of people mess up. And you say, well, Pastor Chavis, I know a lot of people speaking truth, but they don't really have a lot of people. They, they, they don't really seem that like they're growing even spiritually. But they speak truth all the time. I know, but how are they speaking that truth? Because I know a lot of people who speak truth, but they don't speak it in love. Yes, sir, yes, sir. What you're saying is right, but how you're saying it is wrong. At the end of the day, yes, the statement that you're making is technically true. The problem is the way you served it to me was so vile, such a violation to my spirit, I couldn't even receive the truth because it wasn't spoken in love. Speak the truth in love. We will lead with love. I don't have time to go through it all. Man, I wish I did. I wish I had time to really break it down for you today. 
But Jude told us about love. He said, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto, unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. That's how we lead. We lead with love. We don't mind going all the way down to hell to grab somebody who needs to be saved from the pit because that's how we love. We love deeply. We love unapologetically. We love without bond and we love without measure. We have an agape love. Here's what Paul said. Paul said, you think you're fancy? Paul said, you're not fancy. He said, though I can speak with the tongues of men and angels. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he said, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, and I know all prophecy, and I have all knowledge, even though I am bad to the bone, and I don't have love, I am nothing but a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. I am an annoyance in the background. You hear me? You ever bought your kid a little rinky-dink uh, drum uh, set and then you realize about two minutes in what a great mistake you made? Because all it's, all it's doing is annoying you. That's what Paul said. Paul said, I could be the baddest of the baddest, the best preacher, the best singer. I could speak in tongues more than all of y'all. I could, I could have all these things. But if I don't have love, I'm just an annoyance in the kingdom. I'm just annoying the kingdom. I'm just a sound that has no meaning. I'm just a sound that has no rhythm. I'm just a sound that's out here by myself. I'm not added into anything. There's no decorum to my sound. I'm, I'm not flowing with anything. And if we don't have love, we'll just be another church. If we don't have love, we'll be a social club. If we don't have love, we'll all stand around and clap high five and say, man, look at us. We Pentecostal. We apostolic. We got it going on. We have the truth and nobody else does. Blah, blah, blah. And we'll burn into the devil's hell because God told us to speak the truth in love. Yes, we have the truth. But brothers and sisters, if we don't have love, we don't have nothing. We need to be able to take that truth and serve it in a way that will break the yoke. Oh, hallelujah. We have to have that kind of love, that kind of love that will open hearts and that kind of love that casteth out all fear, a love that can reach into hell and a love that can, the, the same love that can reach into hell and the same love that can reach across the aisle. Somebody said hallelujah. That's the kind of love I'm talking about. Somebody say we will lead with love. Love first. Love first. Welcome home. We love you already. We lead with love. No red tape. No red tape. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, Ephesians 4, 15, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love 
Somebody say unity. unity. We will fight for unity. Unity is not natural. I'm going to say that again. Unity is not natural. Unity is not easy. Unity takes intentionality. Unity, uh, this, this, this whole verse here, uh, Ephesians 4, 16. I, I'm telling you, I was telling the, 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 our, our staff just last week, this whole, this whole little verse right here, 16, got me all kind of messed up. I could just lose my mind on this one verse. There's more in this verse than in most sermons preached in this world today. Watch what he says. From whom the whole body fitly joined together. Somebody say, I'm fitly joined up in here. I'm fitly joined and compacted. That's like putting a puzzle piece together. There's no, there's no space between the pieces. It's compacted. There's no daylight getting through because we're fitly joined together and compacted. It's more than being together, but it's also being compacted. That there's no space between me and you. That the enemy can't get through me and you. Two are better than one. Because if one be alone and he stumble and fall, who is there to pick him up? I'm fitly joined together with you and compacted with you. And there is no breaking in the unity. If you've been coming here for the last few months, you know, probably around the first part of November, I started going in on unity. I started preaching unity. I, I wove it into every message I've preached so far. I've, I've woven into everything because I see the enemy of deceit that wants to allow bitterness to rise up in people's hearts. The spirit of offense wants to get deep inside of us and make us mad at each other. If I've offended you, okay, but come talk to me about it. Share it with me. Let's work it out. Let's make amends. We got it. You know why? Because we're fitly joined together and compacted. And we fight for unity. Unity is not free. The enemy will not let us have unity for free. If you're not willing to fight, There'll be no unity. If you're not willing to put your life on the line, put your... You got to put your ego on the line if you want unity. You got to apologize for stuff you don't even remember doing. You got to allow people room to move. What, 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 what's what I said? What's this in verse 16? He said, compacted that which every joint supplieth. Every joint supply. What does joint supply? Like I know what the heart supplies, blood. I know what the liver supplies, cleansing. I know what the kidneys supply. Like I understand supplying, there's parts of the body that supply, but what does the joint supply? 
The joint supplies movement. At every joint, I can move and not and still be connected. Let me say it again because it's going to set on you for a second. What the joint supplies, it allows me to move but still be connected. The joint says, I can face this way and you can face this way, but we still part of the same body. Because the joints allow me to move. The joint supplies me. Oh. Every joint. What we got to be in the house of God, we got to be joints. We have to say, listen, I'm going to allow you this, and I'm going to allow you that, because the joints of the body supply us and make us able to be in unity, but still move independently of each other. Oh, hallelujah. Every joint supplieth the tendons, the necessary cartilage that allows me to move but still be part of the body, that allows me to work in my gifting but still be part of the body, that allows me to make mistakes here and there but still be part of the body, that allows me to make a decision and still be part of the body. The joint allows me movement to work in my gifting, to work in my calling, to work in my anointing. That's why sometimes I pray from the pulpit. I pray the gifts of the saints will be in operation because I'm allowing you joint. I'm allowing you movement. Yes, you may not be on the prayer team, but if you feel the Holy Ghost, to so go lay hands. Baby, go lay hands because I want to supply you with movement. If you want to go downtown and pass out Bibles, Sister Briscoe, baby, you go pass out Bibles. I'm going to allow you the movement, and you can go move, girl, and still be part of the body. You want to write a book, baby, write a book. Write your book, girl, and be, still be part of the body. You want to make an album? Girl, go make an album. You're still part of the body. You want to go be great? Go be great. You're still, I'm going to allow you movement. That's unity. Start your business. Go be amazing. You're still part of the body. We stop being joints when you win. And I feel like I lost because you won. I'm no longer a joint now. We stop being a joint when you make a mistake and I write you off and cut you off. How can the hand say to the foot, I have no need of thee? Ladies and gentlemen, the foot's just going through a hard time right now. But give it a little while. The foot's going to be back and the foot's going to be working good. I rebuke the enemy that say, we cut it off. No. Give us some time. It'll be back. It'll work better than it worked before because it was able to heal and still be a part of the body. We will fight for unity. We will fight for unity. We must... I feel the Holy Ghost. You ought to let it happen right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
for the word that'll bring unity. Watch what he said. Every joint supplieth according, according to the effectual working in the measure of what? Every part. Your measure is different than my part. I'm sorry, but your measure is different than my part. I can't judge you because your measurement's different than me. No, I just need to supply you with the movement able to make increase. Watch what he said. He said, if you will allow every joint and you will let it happen effectually across the body, if it works in the measure of every part, it will make increase of the body. This is what Jesus meant when he said, they will know that you are my disciples when they see how you walk in unity together. When they see how you love one another, the church will grow. Remains, if you stand, I'm almost done. I could preach for another hour, but just a few weeks ago, sitting in my office, I was talking to Brother Pickerton, and if, if you don't know this yet, I'll, I'll make it public. I didn't plan to make it public today. Uh, Brother, Brother Pinkerton is our connect pastor here at Truth Chapel now, so he'll be connecting some of our newer people and some of our guests, just connecting them with different uh, ministries in the church and let them know, hey, go here, push this button, open this app, whatever. He's just going to help us with connecting people. He was sitting in my office a couple weeks ago. He had no idea about what I felt. He had no idea about... What was going on? I really haven't shared this with a bunch of people. I've just been kind of holding it since October. Even, even some of my team were like, hey, you know, what are you feeling for Vision Sunday? I was like, yeah, this is going to be good. That's all, that's all I know. I just feel, I feel like God is in this. And I've uh, been kind of holding it tight to chest. And, and we were sitting there talking, and he said, yeah, I was talking to this, new, this, this, this n- newer family that's been coming to Truth Chapel for a few weeks now. And he said, I asked him, I asked him, I said, what do you love about True Chapel? What, what makes True Chapel so great? Why are, you, why are you coming here? And they said, well, one of the things is uh, we love the doctrine. We love that the truth is preached here. And they said, but it's not just that. It's not just that the, the, the doctrine is preached and the truth is preached. He said, we like the way that it's preached. It's preached in love. Like it's truth. It's truth, but it's shared in such a way that it touches the heart of anybody in the room. It's just truth, and there's no edge with it. There's no, there, there, there's no slicing and dicing going on. It's just truth. And he said, but, but other than that, it's just the unity of the people. I was sitting in my office, and this big old smile come across my face. I said, say that again. <laughs> truth. Love. Unity. Truth. Love. Unity. This is more than a vision for the year. Brothers and sisters of Truth Chapel, my fellow laborers in the Lord, this will be our core value system from now until God comes back. Here's what you have to know. We are committed to truth across the board. We're committed to truth. I will not compromise the truth of God's word. And you know what? I believe truth. 
I believe truth is a part of our outreach program. That's right. Out of the mouth of babes. And I believe that we can do nothing right if we're not leading with love. I'll care. Listen, listen, I don't care. I don't care what this building looks like. I don't care what our website looks like, what our Instagram, all that stuff. That's all great. I like it. But all that stuff right there, it, it, it's just, it's fodder. It's candy. If, it, if truth is not spoken here, who cares what we're doing? And if that truth is not being expressed with a holy agape type love, it can do, it cannot be effectual. It is of no effect. And if we can shout the owls and speak in tongues and say that we love God and hate our brother, we are not the church. So we are committed to truth. We will lead with love. We will fight for unity. Say it with me. We are committed to truth. We will lead with love. We will fight for unity. Say it again. We are committed to truth. We will lead with love. We will fight for unity. Now give God a shout of praise. You can remain standing. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a close. The music can come. By that which every joint supplieth, go back with me to 16, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. What are you saying, Paul? Paul's saying, listen, the church should edify itself in love. It maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We ought to edify one another. This ought to be a place that when you come, you may feel a certain way, but when you leave, you feel a different way. Because you've been in a place where you know people love you. And you've been in a place that has edified you in love. And you have felt like, you know what, I'm an individual and I'm doing my thing, but I'm still connected. I'm making moves, but I'm still connected to the body. Just because I move a certain way doesn't mean I'm not a part. And just because God is working on me, just because God's working on me in this season doesn't mean that I'm not a part. And just because I've made mistakes and said things wrong, and maybe, maybe hurt feelings or, 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 or maybe I've sinned some great sin, it doesn't mean that I'm not part of the body anymore. What it means is that I'll take time and the body will heal the body. You hear me? The body will heal, heal the body. Last Wednesday night, if you weren't here for prayer meeting, you missed it. What an amazing time as we prayed for each other's prayers and we, we bore the burden of our brother in prayer 
there was such a release in this house. There was such a release in the Holy Ghost as the body prayed for the body. And we focus a lot on praying for the city and praying for the community. And I believe in all that. You know I'm down with all that. Man, let's do it. Let's do it big. Let's do it great. But there's nothing more powerful than when the body looks into the body and says, where, where is there a need? Where, where is there pain? Where is there suffering? And the body comes around the body. And the body looks and says, this is it. So I felt in the Holy Ghost to do something. I have in my hand a, a Bible study called Into His Marvelous Light. This is a one-hour Bible study. And for the last few weeks, I've been talking about facilitate the feeling. If you have a feeling, you have to facilitate it. And I know we talk a lot about evangelism and personal evangelism, but do you know how to do that? Is it, do, do you have a program to do that? And more importantly, do you have resources to really do that? So I've, I've prayed about it this year, the last several months. And I believe the Lord's given me an idea. I was talking to a friend of mine by the name of Rashidi Collins. Some of you know him. And he was telling me about a program they do. And I said, Rashidi, uh, tell me about this. We, we had a phone call. We, we talked about it. And he said, he, he said, man, he said, last year our church preached. We, they taught a thousand Bible studies. And I said, I said Rashidi, this, this is it. This is what the Lord's been dealing with me about. And, and I need you to pray with me. So he, we, we, we prayed, and, and, and he's, he told me all about what, what they do. And I'm, I'm kind of condensing that down for this church. But, but here's what I want to do. By next Sunday, I'm going to have a whole lot of these in Jesus' name. They're on the way. A whole lot of them. Okay? Here's what's going to happen. We're going to track. We're going to track these Bible studies. I want everybody in this church who, you, you, even if you don't think you can, but you'd like to try. I'd like you to commit to teaching a Bible study. I would like to teach no less than 300 of these Bible studies in the next year that this church would teach 300 Bible studies this coming year. Here's what we're going to do, though. Here's what we're going to do, though. The month of February, we're not teaching it to anybody outside of these walls. We're going to teach it to ourselves. The body is going to train the body. So when, when I get these in the mail and I have this big old box up here, we're going to come, we're going to get some out of the box. Well, what I want you to do is I want you to teach it to one another. I want... Get a family together. Have them over to your house. Have coffee and say, hey, guys, I want to teach this Bible study to y'all because I want to practice on y'all. I want to practice on you. And, and I got another Bible study coming too, so we can have two different types of Bible studies. Both of them take about an hour to go through with somebody. But, but the, both of them are di they're, they're, they're different, and I want to have some options. And fathers, get a Bible study. Take it home. Teach it to your family. And every Sunday... Uh, Pastor Tommy Pingerton, who's, who's over our outreach as well, he's going to be out in the foyer, set up, ready to take the numbers of everybody, every Bible study you taught this week. So let's say this week I'm at Coffee Camper and I run into Charlie, which happens quite often. Let's say, Charlie, hey man, if you, got a, if you got an hour, could I teach you this Bible study real fast? Because I'm practicing on my friend, on the body. The body is going to help the body. And we teach it. So Sunday when I come, I say, hey, 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 Brother Pinkerton, let me tell you, I taught one Bible study this week to Charlie. And, 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 and then next week at dinner, I sit my family down at dinner and I say, hey, guys, I'm going to teach all this Bible study. And I teach, it to, I teach it to my family. 
I come, I say, hey, man, I taught this. Uh, I got one, two, three, three people in my family because Courtney ain't here right now. So I taught it to three people this week. Internally, he's going to keep a tally of how many times we teach this Bible study internally. And then let's just say I'm at Coffee Camper and me and Charlie are doing this Bible study and one of his friends comes sit down. One of my friends comes sit down. And we say, hey, man, we're doing a Bible study. You want to do it with us? I'm going to let him know, hey, listen, I taught this in- internally one time this week, but I also had somebody who was there that doesn't go to this church yet. Yet. And they were sitting down and, I, and they listened to the Bible study too. So that's one internal, one external. And it's going to give us, it's going to give us the confidence to teach it because I'm going to teach it to people I know first, right? I'm, I'm going to teach it to my family. I'm going to have my family teach it to me and we're going to teach it and we're going to talk about it. And it's a simple Bible study. And if you read it from front to back, here's what you're going to know when you're done reading it and you're done doing it for one hour. You're going to know this. I need to repent of my sins. I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's all it is. That's all the Bible study is. So we're not going deep. We're not going to be talking about dinosaurs and Noah's Ark. We're just going to go and, hey, this, this is what you need to know. This is the salvation plan. This is the one-hour Bible study. It's simple. We're going to teach it to each other. And then, beginning in the month of March, we are an external movement. I want you to teach it to everybody you can get your hands on. Every friend you have, every family member you have, I don't care if you Zoom call them. Zoom call them and say, hey, here, here you go. Share the screen. And we're going we're gonna to do this Bible study. But we're going to do it internally first. Because the body's going to edify itself. And I want every one of us to be involved in evangelism. But I also want us to celebrate it. And every Sunday we're going to come up and say, hey, we taught 30 Bible studies this week and we're going to lose our minds. You hear me? We're going to go crazy. And when we hit 300, before we can even imagine it, we taught 300, we're going to go crazy. We're going to throw a party. I don't know. I might buy pizza for everybody. We might just go crazy. And when we reach a thousand, and when the two services are full, and we have a Saturday night church because we can't fit them all here on Sunday, come on, somebody. I got a feeling. I got a feeling that it hasn't let me go for months. And I've dealt with many ups and downs in those months. But one thing that has not left me is truth, love, and unity. It has kept me awake at night. It has infiltrated my dreams and my thoughts. God has spoke to me in unique ways over the last months. And I got a feeling, and I feel something, but I made myself a commitment. I refuse to just have a feeling. I will facilitate the feeling. I will pray. I will fast. I will study. I will read. I will teach. I will work. I'll do the things that need to be done. I will lead. I will not just sit around and have a feeling. Church, I got a feeling that these two services ain't going to be enough. But I'm not just going to sit here and sit around and talk about the feeling. I'm going to facilitate the feeling. I'm going to put the work in the effort. So here's what I need. Here's what I need. 
Brother and Sister uh, Hurst, Brother and Sister Alicia Hurst, would you just come up, uh, come up here with me uh, right now? Um, uh, is, is, is Brother uh, Aaron Summerall in the house? Oh, he's in Virginia. All right, so um, Brother, uh, let's see, uh, Brother Jake Anderson, would you come stand in for, for, for Brother Aaron just for me real quick? Um, Denim Crawford, is Denim Crawford in the house? I need Denim Crawford to come uh, very quickly. He's probably outside and doing security, doing something. Uh, if if Brother Ricky Gable is anywhere near near, I need I need I need Ricky Gable to come. Uh, somebody grab him for me. We got ushers, we got security team, we got Sunday school, and Brother Gable's coming now. We got parking. Brother Gable, I got a feeling. My feeling is we got to do some work over here in this parking lot. We got to get, we get that done. That's my feeling. But we got to facilitate it. And br Brother Denham, I got a feeling. I, I got a feeling that we don't have a big enough security team. And I got a feeling that we don't have a big enough usher team. Listen, this part of it ain't a feeling. I know that we need teachers. That's not a feeling. I know we need teachers. So you see these people up here today. If you can help us teach on Wednesday nights, and I need, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to some good saints of God right now that you've been in consumer mode too long. All right? I need you to be a part of the body. I need you to get your joint on. I need you to get, I, I need you to get ready to, to move and work. I need you to come talk to brother and sister Hurst and say, hey, we're willing to teach. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to miss a Wednesday night Bible study here and there teach these kids so I need that to happen some of y'all you, you, you come and you enjoy parking but you don't want to be on the parking team it's one of the most difficult jobs of this church is to be on Brother Ricky Gable's team is to park people because some of y'all not nice y'all not some of y'all not nice and you need the Holy Ghost maybe we should just have a let Ricky Gable lay hands on you real quick but he needs help parking cars because we got two, we have two teams now Two teams, 9 o'clock, 11.30. Brother Denham Crawford, he needs security team members. He needs security team members that'll help with security, watch doors, watch, be, be over there with our kids when they're having service and different things like that. And we need ushers. We need people that'll help take up offering, open doors, make sure things happen, make sure getting to church early, make sure the ACs are turned on, make sure lights are turned on. We need it. So, so I'm going to ask, look at this big old crowd we got here today. You see these people, ushers, security, parking, and Sunday school. These are, these are the places that you can volunteer in this church today, right now. Come get involved. There may be a process. There's going to be a process to get involved and, and to go through what needs to be gone through and training and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But we need you. We need you. These ministries need you. And they need you now. They need you now. So I'm going to ask the body, step up, get involved, get connected, get on a team, make it happen. If you want to be an usher, we need ushers. Want to be security, we need security. Want to be in parking team, we need parking. And if you want to help teach our kids or be an assistant in teaching our kids, come, please see, come, please come see these people. Thank you guys so much for coming up here with me today. Everybody feel good?
Here's what I want us to do before we leave this house today. I'm not going to do an altar call today. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to connect with somebody close to you. Could be family, could be friend. Just connect with somebody close to you. And before we leave here today, I'd like us to just pray. Here's what I want you to pray. I want you to pray, first of all, I want you to pray for you. Say, Lord, make me a joint that can supply movement. Lord, make me a joint that can supply movement. And Lord, help my brother, help my sister be that joint as well that can supply movement. And would you just pray right now, all over this building, would you lift your voice? And we want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.